This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and your one-stop shop for optimizing all your office technology. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught! DeAndre Hopkins caught it! He caught it for a touchdown! You've got to be joking me! Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Kyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the guys who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. All right, tis the season. The smokescreen season that surrounds the NFL Draft. Danny Sarek, Darren Urban, yours truly, Paulie Podcast here on Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to give you multiple choice, and you're going to tell me what's real and what's a smokescreen. True or false, essentially. Are you ready? Danny's ready. a choice. Danny's like contemplating Why this. Why are you Is already it? being negative? Here we go. Here we go. The bickering has already begun. We are officially off and running. <laughs> Scenario number one, <laughs> Oklahoma unveiled a life-size statue of Baker Mayfield. A smokescreen or reality? That's true. Okay. Uh, I don't know that you could tell it was Baker Mayfield, but they did. Yeah, there's there's comparisons apparently to uh, some uh, villain in Terminator 2 or something. He looks more like some sort of Hollywood villain than he does Baker Mayfield. Um, scenario number two. Mm-hmm. And Danny has a competitive advantage on this one because she may or may not have been there and witnessed this less than an hour ago. A co-worker who we'll call Q, who manages <laughs> I'm nervous for this question. to walk around the building. He will hold office at some point. He just he has this amazing ability to interact, interact with everyone and just have casual conversations. doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter whether he knows them or not. You sure are boosting the ego of a very confident has, man already. Well, you know he was what? sleeping at lunch yesterday. I, gotta, <laughs> I, I, I have to pay it back, and so I have to pay it forward because – as I walked out into the lunchroom, he said, and I quote, Paul, you look tall today. Oh, come on. That is, no wonder you're you giving guess. him all these props. You guess because I know the answer. True or false? So, oh, so, this was a true so or again, false? So, again, true. smoke screen. Oh, I'm, I would absolutely yeah. said true because Paul wouldn't have brought it up if it wasn't. <laughs> right. Well, he said it. doesn't mean it's true, although he said it. What so was he trying to curry favor it, for you it's, from some It's reason? sort of 50-50 smoke screen Is he going to ask you to there. do something? And then the last scenario would be yours truly who ran into a longtime NFL assistant coach who will go unnamed, and I was lamenting, dare I say, whining about about all the lame mock drafts that are out there. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I quote, you know what? I've never seen a mock draft. And I said, never? He said, not one time have I seen a mock draft. He looked me right in the eye. I was looking down at me. He looked me right in the eye, and he said he's never seen a mock draft. And I found that pretty re- remarkable. Uh, this and might we're be saying a trick, it's false? This might be a trick question because normally there's at least one false, but I'm going to stick with true. I'm going to say false, even if that's what he told you. He did tell me that, and he did own it. And he 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 swore it was a hundred percent true. He's never seen a mock draft ever, and this man hey, has at least thirty years in the football I just business. Paul, 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 do you also believe that all the players and coaches who say they don't read stuff in the media? <laughs> uh, Touche. That's not a bad I point. I beat you, Darren. Don't be sour. You know what? Here's a bonus one for you. 
an NFL Network analyst who, played, who played the receiver position, James Jones, we will name names because he was on the air and I witnessed it and I played it back just to confirm he said it. He called Sky Moore out of Western Michigan the best wide receiver in this draft. That would work out well for the Cardinals because he'll probably be there at 23 then, <laughs> won't he? Well, he might be there at 55. The <laughs> I mean, so maybe in the, you know. Is it because of the extra Y? <laughs> maybe maybe in the in in the same fashion as a Devontae Adams, a Cooper Cup, a Debo Samuel, all guys who went in round two or three, you know, maybe this is going to be the latest guy you who's going to wear the crown of best receiver not drafted in round one. I was just writing a story about receivers that I'll post after we record this. And, um, you know, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network was making the point recently that um, it's going to be tougher to have all the good receivers <laughs> – push back into rounds two and three because all the quarterbacks are going to screw it up because, yeah, there'll probably be a quarterback or two taken in the first round, but it won't be like normal where the quarterbacks push everybody down and usually it ends up being some good receivers. I'm guessing the receivers are going to go fairly high. In fact, you know what? We'll get the mock drafts out of the way on that point because, to me, there's only one thing to be gleaned and gained from these mock drafts, and that is the QB question. How many QBs are going to go before number 23? And that's really what the Cardinals might might have some value in seeing some of these mock drafts. Bucky Brooks, 4.0, NFL.com. He has one, exactly one quarterback drafted ahead of number 23, Malik Willis going number 20 to the Steelers. That to me is kind of, from what I've seen, the only true lock. I think the question would be Carolina at six of if they're going to take a quarterback or trade back or go a different direction. I don't know that this is the year the Saints take a quarterback, so I would – from what I've seen, at least, agree that that's probably the only true, I guess, lock. Seahawks. As as Aren't the get. Seahawks going to draft a quarterback? Why are you smirking at me? I don't know, because you're just glossing right over them. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I tell you, this is a big draft for those last place Seahawks, is it not? They pick at 9. They pick at 40. The last place Seahawks pick at 41. After There's they- actually a rumor going around on Twitter today that was suggesting the Seahawks could trade up from 9. Wow. I don't know who, who they I don't know. Well, maybe with the Panthers, because now there's a lot of talk. The Panthers wouldn't take a quarterback, and they are one, an offensive lineman, and the three great offensive linemen that are could all be gone in the top five picks, and then they'd want to trade down. Again, all speculation. Maybe the last place Seahawks are sick and tired of seeing that stat that the Broncos are talking about, that when Russell Wilson arrived in Denver, no quarterback had been hit more, sacked more than Russell Wilson over the last decade, and it's not even close. All I know is that if the Seahawks spend a first-round pick on an offensive lineman, a good offensive lineman, I mean, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm prank-calling John Snyder like at 3 in the morning for like six straight weeks. Let me tell you, if this last place Seahawks do spend a top-10 pick on an offensive lineman, I really am tall because that never happens. Seattle never values offensive line to that degree. Are you kidding me? I tell you, they're going to go number nine, and they're going to go corner. They're going to try and run it back with sort of Richard Sherman, Legion yeah, of Boone. Maybe. They're going to go Sauce Gardner. They'll go Derek Stingley Jr., you know, yeah. something like that. They'll do, you, know. you know, it's funny you talk about that, though, uh, in terms of going with the offensive line. If you look, and again, this was part of the receiver story I was writing, uh, and OverTheCap.com did a great thing, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds because we're having so much fun here right now. This is going to get very analytical, but, you know, Kyle's not here and everything. Um there was a breakdown of value of draft picks by position compared to 
what they get on the free agent market and the availability on the free agent market. And without getting too far into the weeds, it basically says the same thing that Steve Kime says all the time, which is you should be spending your first round pick on a quarterback now a wide receiver because they're getting paid so much more money. Yeah, eight and, and receivers now making eighteen million a year or more. So it's quarterback, receiver, uh, uh, not cornerback. Corner. No, edge rusher. Edge rusher. Okay. Left tackle only. Okay. And then to a slightly lesser extent, interior defensive line and cornerback. Hmm. They the way this all maps out, and there's like four quadrants. The players <laughs> that. According to this, you should never spend a first-round pick on tight because end. of this. Tight end would be one. Running yeah. back? Running back, actually not. It's all the other offensive line positions. Really? Wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, tell the Colts that. And when well, they have Quentin Nelson you, there in the you interior. You could still a great player. But, again, this is looking at it analytically for what you can get on the, on the free agent market, what guys become available, and who you can turn into somebody decent later in the draft and it's also supply and demand you're going to be able to find guys in the second and third round that can play guard that can play center easier than you're going to be able to find a left tackle or an edge rusher again it it, it also comes back to supply and demand it's not just that you know there aren't great guards out there it's just you you're better served getting a lesser guard than a quentin nelson because you're going to save so much more money that you can get other positions to play the contrarian oh here we go because, you know, if Kyle was here, then we'd already be into it. Hashtag no math. Okay. You'd be but swinging at this point. I, I'd, I'd say this much. I'd say, do they take into account what division you play in? Do they take into account the team you're trying to dethrone? Do they take into account the Super Bowl champion that you have to go through to get out of your own division? And who's their best player? 99. And who wrecked the playoff game single-handedly? 99. Who had your quarterback freaked out? 99 Aaron Donald so if the Cardinals go offensive guard at 23 I think it makes perfect sense for this team I, I'm, I, not, I'm not go, go ahead I'm I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that obviously you have to play your divisional opponents more often and I think a guard would still be a good decision not necessarily taking Aaron Donald into consideration but if that's your argument you're playing them what max three times a year what about all the other teams you know so I think you can only take who you're playing in your division to so much of an extent of how you're drafting or, you know, building your team of you're only playing Aaron Donald three times. I guess, I guess I'm dismissing the last place Seahawks, A, and I'm also dismissing the 49ers at this point because with Trey Lance, they're rebuilding. Whether they know it or not, they're rebuilding. So I, I got, well, I'm looking at the Rams more than ever. And, and that's okay, except that just goes further to me. What Danny just said is you're going to play a max three times. And what about the rest? And, and again, this isn't – this isn't just about the player. This is what happens when you get into analytics and you get into breaking down value at position. It goes beyond the football field. And I know some people struggle with that and they don't like it. But the reality is, is it is you, you have a better, you might not get, again, you might not get a, a Quentin Nelson out of the first round as, as a guard, but you're, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to find a, Chandler Jones at 55. You're much more likely to find a Quentin Nelson at 55 than a Chandler Jones at 55. Let's gotcha. put it that way. Yeah. And that's what part of this is. I don't, And I don't necessarily disagree with that. But you're right. It's this collision of the analytics yeah. and maybe the football evaluators. And then, of course, there's just the subjectivity of what different GMs and decision makers value. 
for example, Drew Stanton earlier today, the Red Sea Report, uh, Craig Grillo asked him, so if you were given a choice as a quarterback, what, 13 years in the NFL as a quarterback, Drew Stanton, including the Cardinals, if you were given a choice of a first-round receiver or a first-round offensive lineman as a quarterback, which guy would you want? And Drew did not hesitate. Lineman. He said offensive lineman all day, every time I would take the O-lineman. And his his point was you can find the – the John Browns in round three, and you can find some of these other guys. There's much more depth of a quality receiver out there than there ever is a quality offensive lineman. I think, too, those higher-end offensive linemen, that's what's going to give you time as a quarterback when your receivers are running their routes and getting open and helping, you know, playing the, the ball down the field to them. And the offensive line is the most thankless job, and everything goes through them. So – I like the idea, if it's the right pick, at least for the Cardinals, to take an offensive lineman. I know I'm probably getting a little ahead of no, I, that, but I, I just like it, it makes sense to me that that would be Drew's answer as well if you're talking about an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. I don't, I don't disagree. I don't, I don't disagree uh, with making sure that you have the right off. But let me put it this way: I mean, I don't think even if you had Quentin Nelson, I don't know if he's shutting down Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? Like some guys are just going to be, and I, I guess for me, um, you know, this is something else Daniel Jeremiah has talked about a couple times, and it rings very true to me uh, about this idea. Like especially when you talk about the Seahawks trying to run it back and build up that legion and boom and all that stuff, dude. You're not, it, it if your legion, if you're facing, you know, it's going to work against some teams, but if you're facing Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. You're going to have to score 30 to 35 points to win. You're not you're not shutting down those offenses not with the rules the way they are. It's just not going to happen. Now, offensive lineman helps you score those points and I don't disagree, but it goes back like that's that's why I really struggle a lot of times with like what we always joke about here with what Wolf is always talking about. Let's let's get more physical and let's run the ball. Let's have two tight ends and whatever it is and it's just that's just not it just it's not effective all the time. I understand what he's saying. And again, if you're throwing all the time, you're you're gonna have a problem. But like I look at last year and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like the Chiefs felt like they were off all year offensively. Between Patrick Mahomes not playing quite the way he had and the running bank game being quite off a little bit, and obviously they didn't win as much as they had the last couple of years. And then you look at the numbers. <laughs> And they were still, they still had some ridiculous like ratio of uh, first downs and scoring drives and all this stuff. And it's like, even when they're mediocre, they're dangerous as hell. And I, I just, that's what's going to win you in today's NFL, in my opinion. That's just me. And and I get it, the whole scoring thing. But just two years ago, the Super Bowl that had Tampa beating the Chiefs, what did they do? They held the Chiefs to three field goals and Patrick Mahomes. And they were fully loaded. So I, yeah, but know. I I I think that was a to me that was a one off game. It wasn't like Tampa's defense did that all year. They did it that one game. Tampa or uh, Kansas City had a bad game, which is going to happen. But it's not like that defense shut everybody down all year long. Well, if you go to azcardinals.com right now, if I'm seeing this correctly, Darren Urban has a story about the Cardinals' areas of need, yes. and and at the epicenter of the story was the question to Steve Kime: What are your areas of need. And I was actually shocked he answered the question. 
we were all sitting there in the press conference, and his answer was edge rusher, wide receiver, corner. And I immediately said to myself, uh, thought bubble under my breath, I said to myself, well, you know what that means? That means the Arizona Cardinals are going to draft O-line or D-line. <laughs> That's because, once again, coming full circle, it's smokescreen season. So it is amazing, too, when you look at a lot of the mock drafts, how many of them have the Cardinals taking Zion Johnson, yeah. the guard out of Boston College, or Kenyon Greed, the guard out of Texas A&M. Both have positional flexibility have played. I think both guys have played every spot on the offensive line, maybe except one, maybe I four out of the five spots. I think center. Okay. I believe, at least Zion Johnson, I'm pretty sure it's it's both guard, both tackle positions. So, and once again, to me, you got to address, A, your division, B, that, you know, four of the five guys on that offensive line are in the final year of their contract. So, it just won't, you know, and, and, and you've been there, Danny, with the Dallas Cowboys. We made the analogy before. It's the year they wanted to take Johnny Manziel, and they end up taking – Zach Martin, future Hall of Fame right guard right, in 2014. Right. And it's the best thing they ever did. So I could easily see that. Whoa, being whoa, the case. whoa. It wasn't the best thing they ever did. That was the right call. I can think of lots of things that Cowboys have done better than Let's Zach Martin. Let's not make this a Cowboys podcast. I'm talking about that moment, oh, that draft, it. that pick. Got I'm it. thinking specific it was to that smart moment. that they didn't take Johnny Manziel. Yes, I mean, it's not true. better than Jerry's super yacht. Uh, you know, I'll agree with you on that. The $270 million super. Have you ever been on the super yacht, Danny? Have you been on the super yacht? Paul, what do you think the answer to that is? Oh, are we doing this again? I I thought we did this only in the first part of this show. I'd love to know the answer to that. The answer is no, I've never been invited. I see. Okay. All right. I'm just uh, curious about that. Paul's going to invite you on his super yacht, though. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Exactly. I will gladly accept. Yeah, that'll be virtual reality. You'll have the (laughs) the VR glasses on. That's how you you get a A meta meta yacht. Yeah, Paulie. Exactly. (laughs) Paulie's big skin. I'll build it in Roblox. That's what I'll do with my 12-year-old daughter. Uh, so here's a question for you. Okay, speaking of uh, stuff that Steve Kime had to say to the media, when he said, when he was also asked, and this is a pretty pointed question, was how many first-round grades do you have on players this year? And he paused. Now, do you answer that? Do you not answer? If you do answer it, you better answer more than 23, right? How many first-round grades do you have? You can't say less than 23. You cannot say an amount less than put the old less than sign out there than where you are picking in the first round correct i i would guess it's funny i saw uh, there's a there was a debate going on twitter because all the these gm press conferences are going on across the league and everybody gets asked that question and everybody has numbers that are lower than 32 and again i was i was looking at some analytics guys that i follow and one of, them, one of them works for ESPN, and he's like, if you don't have 32 first-round grades, you're doing it wrong. Your model is wrong. Really? Are you sure? What if, what if you know, you've been doing it for more than a decade, and you have a standard at which your grading system values a player, and that overall think, grader value the, is less than what you deem the cutoff for a first-rounder? I think the argument is, is if you get drafted in the first round, you're a first-round pick. You don't get to you don't get to say now I understand why it is but see here's the problem you can't sit there and say well we have a standard and then every team uh, has just enough first round picks that it's going to extend past wherever their first round pick is that that's you, what, you obviously yeah. don't have a standard right. then 
So, and, and I bring this up partially because I saw a Tom Pelissero story on NFL.com where he got anonymous responses to that question. And from whether it was personnel directors or GMs or what have you, uh, his response is that many teams have fewer than 20 players on their boards with first-round grades, and, and some have less than 15 players. That doesn't surprise me because everybody's been saying about this draft. It's not top-heavy. It doesn't have the superstars in it. What it is is deep. You can find players that are going to be able to be around. I did see somebody that said uh, that they had – some team has more draftable players than draft picks for the first time in forever. And a lot of it has to do with COVID and, and guys staying in school and stuff like that. So it's it goes a little bit deeper. You might be able the, – the two-sixth and three-seventh might actually be uh, worth a little bit more this year than, than previous years. It probably wouldn't be a team – a year when you want to be picking in the top five necessarily. I mean – if you're the Jaguars, it kind of it's tough because there's not you know a Chase Young sitting there at number one. Although Aiden Hutchinson could be pretty good, it looks like these offensive linemen could be pretty good. So if you're looking for one of those, it makes a lot of sense. So that's good news for the Cardinals too. They don't have any picks in the fourth or fifth. So if the sixth or seventh round yeah. might hold a little more value, maybe you can find a way to bundle those assets and get back in and top more, of day three. And more importantly, Danny, is to get out of the seventh round so we can leave early. <laughs> See, you don't want to spend time on a Saturday with us? I'm not going to spend any time. You're going to be off being TV girl. I, well, I, I'm not going to be around. <laughs> a TV girl. Wow. I'm going to be sitting You're going to be table. on the shows. So oh, am I? kind of sounded like an insult. Uh, you can call me TV guy. <laughs> I think he's a little jealous. He's a basketball guy. He really wanted to be Rondale Moore in Game On. He wanted to, he wanted oh. to shoot hoops with you in Game On. How about and, the Suns playing both you know, Thursday and potentially Saturday? That's true. Why don't you, why do you just nicely ask them to win so they don't have to play Saturday? I was already asking them nicely to win even before the draft happened. They're not doing that for me. It's By the way, struggling speaking here. of the Suns and potentially game six on Thursday being at the same time as the NFL draft, come on out to the draft party 2022 <laughs> at State Farm Stadium. It is the draft party on the Great Lawn. Paul will be Fun there, be everybody. For all adults, kids, everyone in between, you get something to eat, something to drink. You'll be mesmerized and entertained. Players, coaches, cheerleaders, the whole deal. Uh, go to azcardinals.com, and you can find out about the draft party, including the guy who will be holding the mic and trying to fill for two and a half hours, and we praying that they trade up at some point in the draft. And, Paul, weren't you? We were discussing there's going to be face painting. We were discussing what you're going to get painted your on your face. You're, you're painting your face? Yes, he is. I, I yes. Was, yes. I saw there was face painting. You're right. I should there's have to think about that. There's lots of activities for kids. Or adults, Paul. What if? What if? What I I particularly enjoyed the Batman movie recently. What if yes. I went and I just got up there on stage and I grabbed the mic with the Batman face paint? And I said, and then somebody I had someone shout out the DJ shout out. Who are you? And I'll say, I'm Vengeance. I like it. How about that? I like it. That, that wouldn't exist. I wish you. That's would. not really family friendly though. That, well, it's funny because when you're, long. I thought you were going to talk about having the whole Batman costume on, <laughs> no. and then I flash back to that <laughs> no. Star Wars scene where Rilea says, "Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper?" Okay. See now, and when I, was... I make the joke, it's okay. But uh, you know, <sighs> wait, you haven't seen Star Wars? Oh, here we go again. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I have no. not seen a second of Star Wars. I guess we got to talk about twenty-five to thirty-four okay. now. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's save Danny uh, from uh, her own lack of prep right at this moment here when it comes to <laughs> movies, when it comes to movies. And I'll, I'll, and I'll just – there's no wrong answer to this question. It's just your gut feel. 
if indeed there are truly less than 20 first round graded players why does it get the why do we i get the feel i'll say why do i get the feel that the cardinals are not long for 23 they're either a going to trade up and go after one of those top 15 especially when four of the five teams in front of them by the way all pretty much want receiver we think and was it not interesting speaking to the Steve Kime press conference when he mentioned that oh you know Looking at maybe we've had calls and discussions about trading up four or five spots. It's funny how he cited four or five spots because four of the five teams in front of him all seemingly need receiver big time. So I thought about Or if, you know what, if you're at that point, it also feels like a day on Buchanan draft where you trade out and trade down. I just think, too, the teams right behind the Cardinals have similar needs to them. Um, When you're at 23, think about their other picks. They're not necessarily at the top for rounds two or three. So considering the needs that they have, the fact that this is not a normal quarterback heavy first round like we're expecting. So a lot of these other positions, edge rusher, offensive line, wide receiver, cornerback even that the Cardinals need, there aren't going to be as many players of those position groups that are usually there because normally more quarterbacks go the top of the first round. I don't particularly see them trading down I think that they trade they will trade up a few spots and I I don't know off the top of my head how many of the trades have come in the first round but in the nine years Steve Kime has been general manager they've done a draft day trade seven of those times 11 total draft day trade so so are you caught let me ask you this question one in the first round correct or two in the first round. It was Dayon Buchanan, although he wasn't officially GM when the Dayon Buchanan came. Yeah, he was. He was GM. Yeah, that was his first. That was thirteen. That was thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, so then that it was, was fourteen actually. And 14. then it was thirteen was Jonathan Cooper. Fourteen was the uh, Dayon Buchanan, Buchanan and then of course Josh Rosen. And Josh so Rosen. two trades in the first. So round let me for ask Steve you guys Kyle. this question: No fourth round pick, no fifth round pick. Yeah, you could try and do something there. If you move up four spots, it's probably going to cost you your third round pick. I don't do it. I don't. Not in this draft. Too deep. Too many needs. I I personally would not do that. Okay. So. I would not. It's an interesting thought. Because I have them once in a while. Because once in a while, yes, that was one of them. You know, NFL Network has spent a lot of time reporting that a lot of NFL GMs that they talk to anonymously, ostensibly, allegedly, foresee a run on quarterbacks late in round one. Corner or quarter? I'm sorry, quarterbacks, QBs. Yeah, so Carters don't need one of those. So if you're thinking before 23, Malik Willis at least is gone, and I'll say Kenny Pickett is gone by 23. Okay. But if all of a sudden teams are like, you know what, there's Desmond Ritter, there's Matt Corral, maybe even there's Sam Howell, and you have quarterback needy teams, the Lions, who have 32 and 34, and then the Giants, the Texans, at the top of round two, uh, Seattle at 40 and 41. If you're the Cardinals and you're sitting at 23 and there's a quarterback desperate team that not only wants their guy before someone else comes up, but they want that fifth-year option on that all-important position, I could easily see the Cardinals pulling the trigger and maximizing their spot at 23 if there indeed is a run on quarterback late in the first round. So then your keister would be blowing on the wind the entire draft party with no first round pick. <laughs> that would be not not be optimal. I'm going to tell you that right now. I might have to go at that point I might actually tell everyone I'm going for more face painting and take a break. So if you're if you're the Cardinals at 23, 
how far back are you willing to drop in the first round? Well, that's what I'm saying. With the teams he just mentioned, you would be dropping into the second yeah. round. Yeah. I'd go into the first 10 picks around two, so and then maybe, oh, I don't know, an injured guy falls like David Ajabo, and you all of a sudden you, you got a guy like that who falls to you, but you also got another pick along the way. Right, the edge rusher who tore his Achilles at his yep. pro day out Michigan. of Michigan. So, so you would trade out of the first round? I would at that point, yes. Interesting. If I got that extra pick. And in the second. Yeah. And well, then, if you're dropping that far down, you're probably getting a couple extra picks. You're probably getting something else in this draft and then maybe in next year's draft. So, you know, look, it just depends what teams think about some of these quarterbacks. You've seen Matt Corral, for example. I saw him picked at number five in some of these mock drafts. It's real a popular pick now, Detroit at 32, Matt Corral, the Ole Miss quarterback. So What yeah, about the Colts, top of round two? Have you guys seen any quarterback tied to them? I mean, they're going to need I, something in a couple, like, right? I, well, I, I again, not. yes. Who knows what Chris Ballard might do, though? I mean, I think that's always possible. Um, but, again, it's that, that kind of play is only on the board is if the Cardinals get on and then – it's barren for what they want to really do. I think you would need to see before 23 a run on wide receivers for somebody like Green Bay at 28 to want to jump up for something. Um, yeah, but here's the problem is like the Cardinals could use a wide receiver too. Are you, you know, if there's right, a wide receiver if, that Green Bay wants to jump up for. But if they have more needs in the Packers and they feel like there's going to be four or five players yeah. where they feel comfortable, one of them will at least fall a couple spots to 28. Maybe it's not a wide receiver. Maybe it's an offensive You're lineman right. like a Kenyon Green or someone who's going to fall. Yeah. That well, would make kind of sense to me of if well, there's a run on wide receivers, that, that's Green Bay. And that's kind of what ended up happening in the day on Buchanan trade is they, the, the Saints wanted to trade up for Brandon Cooks. They went from 20 to 27. Um, they had a couple of people. And Steve Kahn mentioned it the other day that they had four guys that they wanted at that 20th pick, and all of them got picked boom, 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 right before the 20th pick, whoever they might have been. Um, so that's one of the reasons they were trading down. And, again, I think that's what would have to happen is I think they've got some guys in mind, uh, and they would all have to start sliding off the board. I don't think – I could be wrong. I, I don't think the Cardinals are trading up in this draft just because they don't have the capital to really do it. And when you trade up, it's to get somebody you just absolutely have to have. And I don't know if that guy's in this draft. And I certainly don't know if that guy's in this draft and then available at 19 or whatever they would be trying to get to. So, um, I mean, that's that's why I kind of think I, – I think – I think trading up, I think there's going to be a lot more teams that want to trade down that are than are willing to trade up. And I think it's going to be really hard for trades to happen because of that. And by the way, that Bucky Brooks 4.0 that's just out on NFL.com, he has the Cardinals staying at 23, only one quarterback drafted, as I mentioned, number 20 to the Steelers, Malik Willis, and the Cardinals select George Karloftis, the edge rusher out of Purdue. Uh, and so he, at least he's described as having a high motor. You know, I just – if there's one thing about edge rushers these days, just make sure he has a consistent motor. That's 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 all we ask for around here, right? You just you just want the get off the spoken want to, like right? a true car okay? guy. Paul. I mean, my goodness, it's. Uh, by the way, here's a name that I was I was looking at. I'm thinking, all right, okay, who could be a realistic round two receiver for the Arizona Cardinals? And we've named a lot of names here on Cardinals Underground. And then this one has started to gain a lot of steam. In fact, James Jones then named him 
as part of that Sky Moore segment, okay, called Sky Moore, the best wide receiver in the draft. He then went on to say, in terms of the under-the-radar under guys, that a future all-pro receiver, George Pickens, George, the, the Georgia receiver, George Pickens, who, by the way, who is on, is on the A.J. Green Family Football Scholarship at Georgia, he was a five-star recruit, 6'3 195, just ran a 4'4740. That's coming off is uh, he had a knee injury in the spring ball 2021, so he got a late start to this last season. He made a big catch in the championship game, but big receiver. They say elite body of control. He'll fight you, dog mentality. And so, so why would I'm he be there in the second well, round? Well, I'll tell you why, because if you, at least from what I've seen, researching and, and what yeah. people have been saying is it's a lot of red flags yeah. yes and obviously we were not in the rooms but just reports of maybe didn't interview very well red flags of character yeah so so that that's a he decision got, a team has has to make i i believe didn't he like he punched he, someone in a game am i he, remembering yeah. that right he and i just read this that's the only reason i remember it is because it was a team rules violation he got suspended for the first half of game and then the second half of game he punched someone and got suspended for the next game and so yes now the only reason i bring this up is because if he really does have a connection and a relationship with aj green and he's still there at 55 and you're bringing him into the same wide receiver room as aj green who you know has already been a bit of a mentor it's sort of like the old you remember when Tyron Matthew came to the Arizona yeah. Cardinals, the big reason why yeah. is because Patrick Peterson pounded the table for his friend, Tyron Matthew, who had gone to Patrick Peterson's parents' house in Florida to get away from New Orleans yep. and that environment and a lot of the friends he had grown up with that weren't exactly a positive influence in his uh, life. I, I just think, first of all, I think even with the red flags, I don't think Pickens is there at 55. I think he's going to be too good. Uh, I, I think he's going to... I don't see him necessarily being the pick at 23, but I think he's gone before 55. That's just my personal feeling. But I also think that if you don't go receiver first round and you go receiver second round, I just feel like I feel like this is a really important wide receiver pick, the first wide receiver taken for Steve Kime. Obviously, Christian Kirk worked out well. Um, the other three receivers in 2019, was it 2019? Did not. Uh, Michael Chad Floyd. Williams. Michael Floyd was solid, but he never turned out to be what they wanted, and obviously had his issues. I think it's really important that they nail this receiver. So Steve Kime has never drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Do you think that changes Correct. this year? I mean, I, I think it's on the table. Let, let's absolutely. say let's say they stay at twenty three. I, I absolutely think it's a possibility. Because I, I think part of the reason I think it's a possibility is because you just don't know. I think Jamison Williams of Alabama is off, well off the board by the time they pick at 23. But what if he's not? By, by the way, the AP just put out their mock draft this week. I think it's their first and only mock draft, the Associated Press. They had Jamison Williams falling to the Cardinals at number 23. Wow. Now, I don't think he falls to 23. And if you do take him, you're talking about not having a guy for probably half the season. You think uh, a full half se the half the season? I'm I don't know. I mean I right, don't know right. exactly where he is. It was but like I, ACL. MCL? It was AC. It was ACL, and it was just it was this calendar year. Right. And you're not going to want to rush him back, um, but I think that might be worth it if he's there. I mean, because he's supposedly that good. So in this AP mock draft, I put it to you, Darren Urban. Yes. In this AP mock draft, Kenyon Green is on the board at 23. 
Devontae White is on the board at 23. George Carl Loftus is on the board at 23. Mm. Andrew Booth, the corner out of Clemson, they're all on the board at 23 because he has three quarterbacks going before the Cardinals pick. Jamison Williams is also there. That is the selection in this mock draft. If, if, if that was the group. Kenyon Green, Devontae Wyatt, George Karloftis, Andrew Booth. If, if Williams is on the board, I'm taking Jamison Williams mm. out of those guys. Danny? She's thinking. I am. Deep in thought. Um, Give me the Jeopardy I, music. My, <laughs> I'll walk you through. My, my immediate thought process is Williams or Karloftis because while I like the pick of an offensive lineman – that might be something they just have to address later on or focus on next year because of the immediate need for a wide receiver or an edge rusher. I think I would go Jamison Williams as well. I think, I think at some point you you got to start. Do they want to draft a defender in the first round in a third consecutive draft? I think at some point you have to put big draft capital into that offense. I, I'm going to say this. I'm picking Williams there because I see out of those people, he's the one that sticks out like a sore thumb of in terms of what I've seen from uh, analysts and stuff in terms of talent. That's why I'm going with Jamison Williams. If he wasn't there out of those guys, I would probably lean towards Karloftis for the same kinds of reason. But would I be upset if they went Zion Johnson or or, or Wyatt? No, I wouldn't and, and try and beef up on the lines. I don't think I'd go corner there. I, I, don't. I agree. What's interesting is, and you guys will enjoy this, uh, because basically it means I'm dead wrong, or at least I, you know, as of 2022, I can no longer hold on to my argument that the hit rate for first-round receivers has been the lowest among all NFL positions. Danny, you can ask Darren. I've, I've beaten this this drum for about five years. No first-round receiver, no sleep till Brooklyn, and no first-round receivers because the hit rate was so low, abysmally low. But in the last couple of years, that has changed. It really has. And Daniel. Oh, Jeremiah, now he's coming around, even though and, he was arguing this like just two months well, ago. Well, they did cite a stat. It was uh, going into last year's draft that it was 27% the hit rate for first-round receivers. But I think that was the last five years combined over the last couple of years has changed. And so, you know, it's been sort of like the stock market recently, up, really down, you know, crazy. And uh, But Daniel Jeremiah saying that it's been consistent with a lot of these first-round receivers being – solid players and they say it's for a couple of trends that it, number one there have been a lot of seven on seven passing camps yep. for the last decade so they're more advanced than ever and then number two just the proliferation of pass first offenses in college doesn't necessarily have to be the spread it's just the mentality pass first offenses so there are more receivers and more qualified receivers than ever in the first round but to me that also screams if you're doing your homework and you can really evaluate the position you can find that guy in round two and or round three because it's so deep, that particular position. You know what stands out to me, though, from what Steve Kime said in that presser a couple of days ago, or I guess already last week from when we're recording this, was... Time gets away from you, doesn't it? It does, when you're having fun. The needs you have in March, April, and May... See, this is all new for her. She's never heard this before, even though we've heard it for forever. Why are you being such a hater? I'm trying to get my point across. I'm sorry, I'll shut up. Are different than the needs you have in October and November. And when I think back to October and November of last season, wide receiver with D-Hop gone and the offensive line not getting till week 16 or 17, the five starters starting a game with Kyler Murray. And so... Is that true? The five starters weren't there with Kyler? Because 
do you remember they were switching out right guard, figuring out what they wanted, and then some cool. uh, somebody was always hurt. They went yep. through those first couple, right. six or seven weeks or COVID. Yep. Justin and Murray then, was an issue right from the get-go. And yeah. then the other game that the five started, I'm talking about going Humphreys, Pugh, yep. Hudson, Garcia, Beecham. The other game they started was um, when Kyler was out. So that that to me thinks that that makes me think yes I need an edge rusher but offensive line or wide well, receiver. Well, what's funny is is that he built the de- offensive line last year where he felt like he had a lot of depth. It just ended up getting tested to the nth degree with everybody getting banged up. And the receiver part is is a great example. And again, that goes back to having to get the better players and that's like when we're talking about the Williams thing it's not just that they have a they would have a need at wide receiver it's just that he's the best player out of those that you mentioned and that's why that springs to mind and what's interesting I'm looking at this quote from Mel Kuyper right here because there's a lot of speculation that this draft class at receiver will rival 2004 where Larry was the first receiver taken of seven in the first round which is the all-time record number of receivers taken in round one and Mel Kuyper saying on this year's class quote none of these guys have the same grade as a Devontae Smith, a Jamar Chase, or a Jalen Waddle from last year. Those three all had elite grades, which is interesting that he doesn't have the same caliber grade on a Jamison Williams, for example, as those three names I just listed. So, And then Mike Vrabel actually opened up at his press conference about just the receiver position. He said, this is the Tennessee Titans head coach, the hardest part, and I'm quoting loosely here, is getting a guy to walk out there and truly look across from him and see an elite corner like a Jair Alexander was the one he cited, and believe in yourself that I can beat this elite NFL corner one-on-one, that not only do I know my route and know the details of it, you know, but then i got to beat a guy who's a dominating force on the opposing side of the ball. And he said, look, almost every team in the NFL has an elite corner, so you have to assess in these receivers whether they have that confidence and that compete in them to be able to go out there and beat those elite corners, and he said that really is the X factor in trying to find that guy at receiver. But but this team doesn't need that because that guy, that cornerback, is going to be covering DeAndre Hopkins. So you have time to have your guy gain that kind of uh, confidence. Although it's funny, all I know is the receivers that I've come across – most of them, the ones that are getting picked in the first round, confidence isn't the problem. I mean, they may not be able to play, but I've never run into any of them that weren't so dang confident that they thought they were the bee's knees. I'll say this, though. I feel like that's a very – Is that is bee's knees akin to goose and No, gander? I'm more just the – because you're, you're you're wincing right now at the bees more, knees. More 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 just like it or sounds like something my wincing. dad would say. Like yeah. these guys are not lacking confidence. I can tell you that. Well, yeah, you're 22 years old, about to be picked I'm in the first round of the NFL wrong. draft and make millions of dollars playing football. Your dream. I'd okay. be confident. Okay, okay, but Mike Vrabel just got through saying some of these guys aren't confident. I think I think you guys are talking about confidence to you, and Mike Vrabel, in two different contexts. Really. That's the, that's the way I took it. That's why I was making that face. I'll, I'll cite this, though. The Arizona Cardinals have a receiver on their roster who has suffered from a lack of confidence. Andy and, Isabella. Andy Isabella. Right. And he said as much in this studio no, I, on I the Big Red. I'm, I'm not us. saying, and you're right. And so, it, But he wasn't drafted because, in the first round either. No, no, but, I mean, you know, for them to trade up into the second. And, you're right. And take Andy Isabella. And, 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 that, and that's that's so, a good point. And you got to make I gotta sure. But i got to defend myself here against Danny here. <laughs> 
I'm trying to. I'm actually trying to maneuver away. Yeah, from I know it, you but are. Here we go back. But, to but see, defense. I can't let this go because I feel like I don't. I don't understand what the difference is between being confident. I, I'm. I'm exactly talking. So you're saying that these guys don't. Am I think- taking it wrong that like Mike Vrabel was probably talking more confidence on the field, and you were just saying like these guys are pretty cocky. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about on the field. Oh, I thought you meant just like the way these guys roll no. up to the draft. They've got plenty of no, confidence. No, 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 no. I'm talking about these guys. That okay, then I apologize. If, if, I took if they it go, wrong. They go in the locker room. I mean, when you're talking to them, have you talked to a player like that, a young player who doesn't think they're already yes. the best player? Yes. You have talked to people yes, like that? Yes, but I, I apologize. I absolutely took it the wrong way. You absolutely did. At least I'm admitting when I'm wrong. <laughs> well, Look, the bar is high because in 2020 was Justin Jefferson and then yes. last year was Jamar Chase, and they both had over 1,400 yards receiving as rookies. So, you know. And, again, those are only that's only two out of right. however many yeah. rookie receivers. Once so it's, again, it's not a lot. is why I cite the hit rate overall for first-round receivers. I pound the table literally over here. And, and Now, what do you think, truly, what do you think Kyler wants? Because – Kyler has communicated with his GM and <laughs> beyond the contract, beyond the big money, yeah. big, big money beyond that. And it doesn't look by the way. Okay. You know, we'll get into it right now. There's the segue. Do you expect the contract before the draft? No, absolutely no. not. Not happening. Correct. Despite the all cast manifesto and the demands by the agent and some of the reports placed surreptitiously with some of the NFL insiders, how they want a deal done by the draft. Ain't happening, Steve right? Steve Kime even brought that up, too. I'd say zero chance. Can I use zero chance? And I'll use zero chance in a different context They're not, than the GM. They got other stuff going on right the now. The GM asked if a trade was in on the radar for Kyla Murray, and the answer was zero chance. And I'll use zero chance to say there's not going to be a, a monumental historic contract before the draft. Just not going to happen. How many times have the decision makers cited the traditional timeline of waiting until the summer? Right? So, hint, hint, uh, Team Kyler is going to have to just wait and wait accordingly. Um, And so, okay. But were you encouraged, Danny, by what you saw on social media from Kyler, where it appeared to be positive, and he stated for everyone to hear and see that he's an Arizona Cardinal, right, in the face of a – of some criticism and or some speculation. Right around the same time of that press conference with Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime, there had been a, a podcast, a clip from a podcast circulating, basically claiming that the culture here was not great, and so Kyler was not being set up for success, more or less. So then you have Steve Kime saying, zero chance. Kyler is our quarterback for the short term. For the Zero long chance term, he'll be traded. He'll be traded. Right, right. Sorry. Zero chance he will be traded. He's our quarterback short term and long term. And Kyler Murray basically quote tweeted the clip from the podcast saying he wasn't being set up for success and said, I want to win Super Bowls in Arizona. This is where I want to be. Straight up. You believe I mean, it, Darren? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I know. I, I guess my feeling is this. What would be the point of him doing it? I mean, to me, you either if you're going to do it, you mean it because other there's there's nothing that made him do that nobody would have batted an eyelash he's not a big social media guy to begin with that that's what caught everybody's attention where there was this series of two or three tweets that was one of them uh the other one where uh kimes comment about zero chance and he quote tweeted that and said had the 100 emoji on it and emoji on it and 
And then there was Kent Summers, who contacted owner Michael Bidwell and asked about trade speculation, and the quote from Michael Bidwell was, yeah, that's not happening. Yep, so Kyler Murray, he quote-tweeted that clip from the podcast and said, I want to win Super Bowls with the Cardinals. AZ is home. No, I, Did you see my response tweet, by the way, to I think it was the, the Michael Bidwell comment. I, I threw out there the meme from The Hangover where, you know, where they say, uh, you know, is, uh, is, is he going to be here in time for the wedding? And the response over on the other side of the phone was, uh, was uh, yeah, that's not happening, right? You know, so that, boom, that, that's what it reminded me of. That was the exact quote. I mean, I, I think – I, I think the Note Cardinals. Note to self: Don't use that at the draft party up on stage because that just that just <laughs> are bombed you, are badly. You gauging that your bombed badly. Here? It really bombed. I'm trying out a few things here, and it's not going. So I'm writing that down. <laughs> I'm crossing that one off right now. Here, I'm, go ahead, Darren. You can make sons jokes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I think the Cardinals were always going to say these things, and and I believe them. Uh, but again, I think having Kyler interact with them a little bit and agreeing with them, I think, is a big deal. And I do think he wants to be around here. And going back to your original point before we delved into the contract part was, what do I think Kyler wants in, in the in the draft? I mean, like Drew Stanton, he's a quarterback. I'm sure he wouldn't mind an offensive lineman um, or a wide receiver. And, you know, we're, we're going to see how that goes. I, I don't I, – I know it's been suggested that uh, – They'll go offense no matter what, and probably in part to because they haven't, and you want to pacify the quarterback a little bit. Not buying that. I don't either. I mean, because it's going to depend on who's there. But uh, I mean, if there's an edge rusher that they love at 23, they're going defense. I would hope so. I would hope so. I do think it's important to remember, like, uh, there are there are some really good wide receivers that if they took Cardinals took at 23, I don't think we would be upset with. But I do think it is important to remember, while that is a need for them, they still have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. They still have A.J. Green. And say what you want about A.J. Green, he he didn't have a horrible year Mm-mm. with the Cardinals. And so then now that he's in his second year building more chemistry, knowing the offense, it, it's not like Kyler Murray has no options without Zach Ertz or how they're going to utilize with, with Max Williams. So while wide receiver, that. and I've been saying this, is still a need for this team, it's not like Kyler Murray has – no options whatsoever if the Cardinals do decide to go with an offensive lineman or maybe an edge rusher with that first pick. I think if all things are equal in terms of the players lining up on the board, I do not think they take a receiver with that first pick. Now, again, something could happen, or and I don't know how they, they have these guys graded, but if a Williams is there, yeah, I could see them doing that. Or maybe they have a super high grade on one of these receivers that are expect to go later in the first round that I – don't realize or whatever who knows maybe there's other things going on behind closed doors of maybe they don't take a receiver on day one but they get to day two or three and they've been talking with Kyler about some of these other wide receivers and Kyler's having a say in in where they're going or DeAndre Hopkins having a say there's so many things that could be going on behind closed doors that we have no idea about okay I'll speculate thank you Danny you're welcome my hand was up Danny called on me speculation receiver behind the scenes trades Nikhil Harry Mm. Nikhil Harry can be had. He's been saying the right things. The agent has been putting out the right things. Whether the rest of the NFL believes it or not, I don't know. you got to think the Patriots are ready to cut ties. They are so done with the former ASU first-round so pick. So what are you saying, trade for him? I'm saying if you have one, you can package something up, you know, a low-round draft pick. Here's, here's Obviously, what... Coach Belichick values those sixth and seventh-round picks because he just traded away a fifth for a sixth and a seventh, did he not? Didn't he just do a trade with okay. someone? Yeah, he did, yeah. with the Texans. So I would say this. There's a couple things with Nikhil Harry because obviously a lot of people locally 
would desperately want to see them trade. They're like, trade Andy Isabella straight up for Nikhil Harry. And I'm like, well, how do you know that the Patriots want Andy Isabella? More importantly, how do you know the Cardinals would even want Nikhil Harry? There's a couple things with it. If you trade for him, um, I believe I'd have to look, but I believe his his money is, I mean, I, I believe he's got a guaranteed final year of his deal. Mm. Um, and it's not a ton of money, but it's still enough that you're basically saying he's going to be on your roster. Have you seen enough to guarantee that? I'd have to look. That's that's more I would have to look up. More importantly, the other day Steve Kime said about wide receivers, you need a guy with some speed who can basically get open and get away from these high-profile cornerbacks. Has Nikhil Harry showed that in the NFL? I don't know if he has. That was that was one of the knocks on him in college was he's a tremendous athlete and he made all these plays, but it's not like he was a great route runner and it's not like he got open. It's he could make things happen when he had the ball, and I just don't know if that fits with what they want to do. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I mean, at ASU, if you think of his spectacular catches, and he had a lot of spectacular catches as a Sun Devil, they were almost all contested. He's not a guy who seemingly gets a lot of separation. Big guy, especially use that size in the college game. Great play strength, right? When the ball's uh, up in the air and that 50-50 ball, he's great at going to get it. But, yeah, you're right, Darren. There, there hasn't been the ability – for him to, A, stay in the field and stay healthy in the NFL, and then, B, get enough separation where. But I'm just saying if the Patriots are desperate to get rid of him somehow, some way, and you're willing to take on the contract, and that's doable, then I'm guessing you won't have to give up much No, in I, terms of draft capital to get a Nikhil Harry, especially if you're taking on that contract. Yeah, and, and I would say that, you know, again, people for, forget about the fact that, you know, Nikhil Harry went the last pick of the first round in 2019, and Byron Murphy was the first pick of the second round. If Nikhil Harry hadn't been picked by the Patriots, the Cardinals weren't taking him. They were taking Byron Murphy. I don't think they thought enough of Nikhil Harry that they're like, oh, I absolutely got to go get that guy. I do like the dynamic, though. If you brought in Nikhil Harry, who, who has struggled so far in the NFL, and he's in the same receiver room again with DeAndre Hopkins, with A.J. Green, you, you have that sort of example and those potential mentors. I mean, look, and if he truly has realized this is my last chance, as his agent is saying, then maybe he's more willing than ever to learn and change his ways. I mean, maybe it, that would be what I just I think, too, of – that was a position group that Steve Kime called out specifically as wide receivers now with edge rushers and quarterbacks of once you get past those first four or five years as your rookie deal, you're having to pay a lot of money. So if the, if the option is to draft a wide receiver for the Cardinals or make a trade, I would see them more drafting a wide receiver and trying to develop them and get more years out of a player for cheaper than making that specific trade. Yeah, because the other problem is, and I looked it up, his his guarantee is only about $700,000, which is not nothing, but it's not horrible. But if he pays off for you, he's a unrestricted free agent next year automatically. Whereas if you don't get him and you draft a guy, you've got him for, even if it's not in the first round, you got him a minimum of four years at whatever price I just I don't know if the Nikhil yeah. Harry I think if they cut Nikhil Harry that might change the equation but if I don't know if they trade for him. well maybe it's a backup plan you didn't get the receiver you wanted yeah. in round one you didn't get a guy in round two and all of a sudden you're like oh boy we're going into day three of the draft hey uh coach Belichick what would you take for Nikhil Harry maybe. you know you didn't get the guys you wanted it would be very interesting perhaps. if you spent 
you know, if you were able to give up a seventh round pick for Nikhil Harry. So I think people around here it would definitely give us something to write about. And look, he has the measurables. He has the skill set. So, and let's be honest, anybody who was in New England for that game two years ago and watched Cam Newton engineer that Patriots offense, it was horrendous. I mean, he was terrible. And then he had a rookie quarterback last year in Mac Jones. Yes, he was second in rookie of the year voting Mac Jones, but still, you know, beyond Tom Brady and his injured first couple of years, um, he hasn't had a lot in terms of a passing game, you know, to build off of. So, I throw that out there just in case. I mean, Danny, are you ready to uh, give us a gut feel? Are you ready to say, okay, you know what? If everything materializes the way I see it happening and, and, and you know, the perfect scenario, the Arizona Cardinals at number 23 overall are going to draft. Are you asking for a name or position? Yes, both. Name. We want a name, a specific name. Whoa. Darren, would it's you like to like say we're, It's not like we're, we're going like, to eject you out of the organization if you get it wrong. I know. I'm going to say. In a perfect world. Well, when I say uh, maybe less than perfect in terms of I'm saying in a I should have said in a realistic world. I mean, in a perfect world, (laughs) all these guys drop and then you take them in a realistic perfect world, I guess, is probably a better way to put it. I'm going to stick with what we're going with, I guess, in Jamison Williams. Okay, so he drops. He drops. I'm going to say there's no way he drops. So I am going to say, and I'll be honest, I keep thinking edge rusher. um, But the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking it might be an offensive lineman uh, as opposed to a Karloftis just because he's not quite what they use off the edge, and I don't know if they would want to go ahead and spend a pick there. I wouldn't be shocked if it was Karloftis, but I'll go with Zion Johnson. That would be my – The offensive lineman. That would have been my answer had not Jamison Williams, the, the less than ideal of him dropping. I think I would go with an offensive lineman as well at that position. I, I tell you, you know, I joked, that pick. I joked earlier that when Steve Kime was asked, what are your areas of need, and he actually named position groups, edge rusher, receiver, and corner. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I, I said to myself immediately, oh – they're going O-line or D-line. So I definitely lean towards a Kenyon Green of Texas A&M. I could see that, 6'4", 320, a guard who's played a lot of tackle as well as a positional flexibility. Uh, I could see that. But And I hate to say this because Wolf's been saying it uh, ad nauseum, but a Devontae Wyatt, a D-lineman out of Georgia, and considering how the Cardinals were well, you susceptible in the run game. Which one are you picking? So since you went O-line, yes. uh, I'm gonna go, I'll go Devontae Wyatt. Which I could totally D-line. see. I could totally see. Completely see that. And you know what? That helps solve your pass rush problem as well. Did the Cardinals get much of an interior pass rush last year? Say no. no. They just didn't. That's true. They no. didn't. So if you can get that stud stalwart defensive tackle who's also a guy who will disrupt things on the interior O-line and actually pressure the pocket, you know, from the interior, okay. You know, hey, look, it's just about getting to the quarterback. doesn't matter how or where or why. And then let Vance Joseph scheme it up from there, like he did two years ago in the absence of Chandler Jones when he tore his bicep at the Jets in week five. So, I mean, the only thing that I can really glean about this draft, if you look around, is just um, it's about as unpredictable yeah. as as most people can figure that the league can remember is, you know, it's, uh, okay, uh, what exactly – how many quarterbacks are going to be taken? Is there going to be a – a skill guy taken, you know, in in the top ten, 
And so we'll see. You've just had such a range. You know, really, it just boils down to you know our baseline default question. You just have to find yourself a football playing Jesse. And I think you guys, you know, it's taking a good couple months, but I think you guys would agree with that term they use in the South. You know, just, I really don't just, like that term. Just get a ball player. Just get someone who's going to be a difference maker, a playmaker. I don't know. It's just He's a badass. Keep going back it just, there. It's just a, it's an old term hey, for Danny, hashtag badass. Ask him about I, Andy. <laughs> well, if he. If am he, I being set up here? No. Actually, you know what, Darren? Paul is. You know what, Darren? That, I'm actually now on the edge of my seat. You know, it's the old marketing term. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. I'm now on the edge of my seat. You're for, so full of so many. For, for, for a million bucks or whatever Andy Isabella is on the hook for this year, yeah. if you don't get a viable trade offer of something in real value in return, I'd keep them. You know why? For the eye candy that is Andy Isabella, because if Rondell Moore is going to be more of an ex-receiver, outside receiver, and he's actually going to be more of a downfield target, who's going to have the Rondell Moore you know, position this year of just going laterally and being that guy with speed and space and the threat of getting him the ball and so forth on a quick bubble screen? Hey, I think Andy a, Isabella can handle how, that. How are you using Greg Dortch? There, there is a reason Andy Isabella is still on the, the roster. Yes. I mean, will he be there the whole time? We'll see. But there's a reason they haven't just gotten rid of him. Probably the same reason the Patriots haven't just gotten rid of Nikhil Harry. I mean, sure. why, why? You know, you might need him. Yes. That's right. Don't make these decisions By the way, until you Andy have to. Isabella, and I didn't get to see him until I saw the, the, uh, the, the pictures from the first day of workouts, he's jacked. Somebody else said that. What really? Pictures, what pictures are you referring to? Go look at the first day of, of voluntary workouts. azcardinals.com? azcardinals.com. Okay. So you're saying he's winning the offseason? He's more jacked than you, Paul. Because, you know, I have been. Thank you for noticing, Darren. I have been in the gym five, so six been, days a week. You've been called so. jacked and tall in a matter of <laughs> That's right. four hours, Paul? Once again, you what know What did you what? have for breakfast today? We, we have now come full circle on Cardinals Underground because it is smokescreen season when I've been <laughs> called both tall and yoked in the same podcast. Speaking of what did you have for breakfast? Oh. Are you back to having scones? Is that what oh, you yeah. had for breakfast this okay. morning? All right. So um, That's they what did, you gave up for Lent. I, I, I do have an aversion to the grocery store. I will say that. So I've only been once and uh, they do, they were out. They were out of the scones that were no. the money scones. And so I may have had one or one dozen chocolate chip cookies, but uh, the scones not yet. So there you go. Yeah. That's uh that was discipline. I mean, I, I had my mask of discipline on for all of Lent, Danny. I mean, you know, don't minimize exactly. I'm not. You know, there, so. I was very excited for the thought of you finally having a scone. <laughs> I can't wait to hear when you finally do. <laughs> I don't know if that was genuine I, or not. Just, but it's genuine, that's Paul. Just, that's just, I'm yeah. never anything but. Uh, yeah, it's so genuine. I was uh, looking here at the notes to see if I missed anything. I, we looked over the block wall into the NFC West. Yes, we looked into the last place Seahawks backyard already. What about the 49ers and Debo Samuel? Anybody have a prediction, an expectation when John Lynch says, I just can't ever imagine moving on from Debo Samuel? Do you think they made a, make a Debo trade during the draft? No. Okay. Just a random question. They're going to need Debo with Trey Lance. There are a lot of teams that have multiple first-round picks, and they do have the draft capital, too. Well, they, they, they've kept their powder dry, if as these, you like to say. If these wide receivers so, are going to go off the board pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. 
By the way, the Niners uh, picked up the fifth-year option on Nick Bosa. He was the number two pick 2019. The Jets picked up the fifth-year option, Quinnen Williams. He's the number three pick 2019. Who was the number one pick 2019? Kyler Murray. Okay. Is the fifth-year option going to be picked up sometime soon? That deadline is May 2nd? 2nd. Yeah. Correct. I mean, that's just a formality, it right? It is a formality. Okay. See, when I, when I hear Quinn and Williams, yeah. I just smile because I think of that draft video where he <laughs> sneezes mid-interview and he says, bless you, thank you to himself. <laughs> and it's just the greatest thing. I actually missed that. What? Right. So I got to write that down. I need he, to see the Quinn and Williams. He's in an interview and Williams, okay. he sneezes. Right. And while he's talking, he sneezes okay. and he goes, bless you. Okay. Thank you. And so, then he just carries on. Yeah. All right. So it's I have a couple excellent. homework assignments. Find that. Find the Andy Isabella jacked photos. Uh, what else? Uh, what other sort go of homework do I need? And a scone. There you, you go. You deserve it, Paul. These things always happen in threes. There you go. Okay. Uh, I, it's been duly noted here. And so uh, will I see you guys out at the draft party on Thursday night? No, I'm going to be busy, uh, Paul. Are you I will sure? be here. Are you Cra- sure? Yeah, Craig okay. Greenland and I will have um, shows all three days. Oh, Cardinal. Right. Sorry? I said, oh, that's right. Yep, Cardinals. Uh, well, azcardinals.com are, I believe, on YouTube and Twitter as well, um, Cardinals Draft Central. So those will be starting. I would just say stay tuned on our social medias for a specific time. Uh, we'll be starting those streams while the Cardinals are still on the clock, only with a few minutes left before those picks. So there will be 30-minute show Thursday night, two 30-minute shows, one before each pick on day two, and then one hour-long show with – and throughout the the weekend, at some point, both both of you will will be making appearances as well, whether you knew that or not. So, azcarnals.com, stay locked in for for that. And Darren, you'll have articles, and Paul, you'll be at the yep. draft party. We got some quick slants. Me and Paul were doing. Yep. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Lots we of really coverage. need to look at that schedule, That's there, good. Paul. I'm going to look at it. That's, I'm taking it one day at a time here. You know, it's a it's a busy week. In fact, you know, in terms of cross promotions and speaking of the uh, draft party and out at the stadium, it's the draft weekend country concert. Presented oh, by yeah. SeatGeek. It's going to be going down on Saturday. That's April 30th, this coming Saturday. Uh, Ryan Hurd, Lanco, Kalista Clark, uh, all part of the great lineup. So for tickets and all the info, go to sportsmansparkaz.com. That's sportsmansparkaz.com. So there you go, Craig Rialu. You're still listening. Uh, you can go ahead and get your tickets accordingly at that website. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out guns a-blazing. And, and if I don't have anything to say, Danny, just remember between you and me, my strategy when I come on with you guys, whatever Grealoux says, I'm just going to disagree. I'm just going to be a contrarian to whatever Grealoux does. That I love be it. my approach, okay? Sort of like what you and Darren have become here on Cardinals Underground on a weekly. I don't know what you're talking about. I yeah. feel like we have a perfect chemistry. I feel going. like we've, we've been agreeing a little more than usual, though, the last really? couple. On some, some things. Yeah, good, good thing I wasn't on that draft road trip, or I mean the combine road trip. You two must have been, uh, you must have been like the Bickersons there in row 37 <laughs> of, that, of that flight on the way out. And that'll do it for this edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.